step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer. Jeremy Hill. Holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. It's Hunt and Hill. Now on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Welcome in, Hunt and Hill on a Wednesday from Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studio downtown in the capital city. I am Hunt, Hunt Palmer, he is Hill, Jeremy Hill, Casey Gaines, and Taylor Sharp on the ones and twos. Mr. Hill, how we doing? I'm doing great. I'm going all Jeff Saturday on people, so I'm in, the, <laughs> I'm in a great mood right now. We will keep uh, keep you posted on that as we move forward. Uh, J.D. Pacquiao on three sports coming up here uh, in 15 minutes. Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball is going to join us at 2 o'clock. He was there on Sunday when LSU played Louisiana Lafayette in a significantly long scrimmage there. Uh, Kendall seemed pretty impressed with the Tigers, so we'll talk to him at 2 o'clock about all that. And SEC Power Rankings coming at you at 2.30 and all eyes on the SEC Power Rankings uh, for this week as could be some significant shakeups toward the bottom. We'll see. We start with the, uh, well, first of all, I want to tell you that the opening hour here on Wednesdays brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions. Visit Suntime, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana for your equipment needs. College football playoff rankings unveiled last night after a couple of overtimes in Indianapolis, um, but no significant surprises here. Georgia, number one. Ohio State, number two. Michigan, number three. TCU, number four. Tennessee, number five. And LSU moves up to number six. USC, Alabama, Clemson, and Utah rounding out the top ten. You're still a little bit new here in this market here, Jeremy. So there's a running joke about how I've never seen any movies. Uh, it's We made a bit of it for years on the morning show years ago. Then when COVID hit, the morning show guys had me watch a movie every week and give a report on it. I'm the guy who's never seen any movies, but I'm about to give a movie analogy because I became so cultured during COVID. This is essentially like judging a movie before the massive plot twist. Like Shawshank or Fight Club or any movie that you could see where all of a sudden right towards the very end something you didn't know was going to happen happened. Sixth Sense. Like any of those. If you just cut it off three quarters of the way through and then started complaining about it. Like that's what I'm looking at on Twitter. I'm seeing LSU fans go nuts on Tennessee fans. I'm seeing Tennessee fans go nuts on everybody. I'm seeing USC people jump in, national people, excuse me, trying to get upset about this. There's nothing to be upset about. It's we're three quarters done here. Like nothing has happened that it that it is warrants massive amounts of discussion. That doesn't happen until after the championship games are played and we understand what everybody's resume is. It's irrelevant to debate LSU and Tennessee right now when we don't have the results. Like I don't I I realize we're a talk show and you're supposed to get on here and you know give your thoughts and give your opinion and, and prognostications and all that kind of stuff. It's a war, it's a waste of time, quite frankly. <laughs> Yeah, you're judging a cake when you're halfway through the ingredients and uh, wondering why it doesn't taste so hot. And I think that's exactly 
what's going on when you're kind of just making a huge deal about the rankings with so many games left? There's three weeks of football left, and so much, so many things can change within that within that amount of time. So I, I guess it's just bragging rights for the week. I don't know why people want to be ranked higher than this team at this point. I think I want to be, you know, ranked the highest after SEC or whatever championship weekend you want to say, and I'll go from there. But I know Twitter's going to be Twitter, social media's going to be social media. People have to argue about something. I guess this is a new thing they want to argue about. TCU could lose twice coming home. LSU could lose twice coming home. Ohio State and Michigan, what does that game look like? USC could lose twice. They could run the table against three pretty good teams. It's just difficult for me to get all in a tizzy, and I'm also a little bit perturbed um, with some people digging their heels in the ground. And I understand that Fan is short for fanatic, and I understand that it's fun to discuss your team, and I understand you want to back your alma mater or your favorite squad, and I get that. It still doesn't make me understand that point of view any better. All the LSU fans that are just going nuts to Reese Davis over Reese Davis. Reese Davis is a Bama homer. He's an idiot. He says LSU can't pass Tennessee. What a moron. It's like, dude, he's on ESPN. He's paid to do two things host shows, and in this case, offer an opinion. His opinion is that Tennessee, with one loss, going to Baton Rouge, winning by 27 points, trumps LSU with two losses and being SEC champions. That's his opinion. It's fine if he has that opinion. If his opinion was, I really think Vanderbilt's about to turn the corner and become an SEC power, then you could tell him he was an idiot. But his opinion is that Tennessee's win in Baton Rouge carries a lot of weight. LSU's losses carry a lot of weight. And even LSU beating Georgia and becoming the SC champions doesn't overcome that. It's an opinion. Don't lose your mind over it. I, I don't. I realize that's not exactly a hot take, but <laughs> it's just it, I'm looking on Twitter, and pe- I just my eyes are bleeding. It's like, that's just what he thinks. It's okay. He doesn't get to pick. He's not in the room. He's just on ESPN chatting. Yeah, I think the only people's opinion you, know, you should care about is a college football playoff committee. And uh, even then, when they make their decision, there's going to be the four, five, and six team. They're going to have their complaints. Someone's going to get left out. It's just like the bubble with March Madness. Someone gets left out, especially with this only four teams making it. And this year, it just seems like there's normally a lot more teams down the stretch that we probably don't normally see. And so I, I think right now, obviously, everyone wants their school to be in the playoff. And if they're not in it right now, they're going to have a heart attack and freak out. But a lot of football left to play. A lot of things can change around. So I wouldn't be getting too up in arms about it. And look, LSU fans are firing back at Wes Rucker, who's jumping to Twitter. We talked about Wes the last two weeks um, and, and what his background is and, and what he does. I think he does a really good job covering Tennessee. I think his podcast is is interesting. I listened to it a couple times leading up to the LSU-Tennessee game. Uh, I also think he's got massively orange-colored glasses on. And <laughs> so for him to fire off and say that there's just no chance – that LSU could jump Tennessee is incorrect. There is a chance. Um, I personally would side on the fact that I think Tennessee's resume would be a little bit stronger. It would not shock me at all if LSU went on and, and ran through this thing and and got to the, the playoff and jumped Tennessee. I don't know what they would do. I don't know what the discussion is. I don't know what they value. Um, I know that you know these are the, the facts of the matter, and they seem pretty balanced to me. So to me, anyone who's leaping forward and making massive definitive proclamations about LSU and Tennessee is short-sighted. You're not evaluating everything fairly, in my opinion. That's my that's my opinion. 
Yeah, it's a uh, you know that and that win does is valuable. I think anytime you got an SEC championship team and you win in their place and you beat them by that many points, it's obviously impressive. But you look past that. I know that pick game looked really really great to start the year, but kind of looking back, not not the greatest one. And then obviously Georgia kind of blew you off the field, and so really you just kind of have that one win like a lot of these other conferences. Oh, where they're pointing to they're just one time win if you're Ohio State, if you're Michigan and teams like that. So uh, I think for LSU they do have one more more of those signature wins. And if you can, you know, kinda add that Georgia win to that, uh, I think, you know, looking at the complete resume, I could see why the committee would put a two loss team in there. And so here's my only true takeaway from the rankings last night. I think any discussion with LSU in Tennessee is short sighted. I think any discussion that involves the loser of Ohio State, Michigan you got more work to do there, so there's nothing that you can truly draw from it. I will say this. I believe because LSU is ranked sixth, one lost USC, one lost Clemson, and one lost North Carolina, who are all behind them, cannot pass LSU if the Tigers went out. If LSU beats UAB, Texas A&M on the road, and Georgia in the SC Championship game, USC, Clemson, and North Carolina are not threats to LSU at all. That's really... The only thing I can draw from it. I think TC, Tennessee, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia are all very much threats to LSU. And those are five in front of you, and you're trying to you know, get in front of two of those teams. But the teams behind you can't pass you if you're LSU because the Georgia game would hold so much weight, and none of the teams behind you could do anything like beating Georgia and Atlanta. So if we're trying to actually make observations from the selection show – that's all I got for you. Yeah, and I think that's why you kind of saw LSU at 10 at a certain point, and, and they just kind of respect those signature wins. And obviously you add a Georgia one to that. I just couldn't see how they would just keep you at five or six. That's a very, very impressive win. And who else can say they beat Georgia? And obviously those are kind of the teams that will be on the edge right with you. So I think, you know, they're going to put the best four teams in. That's what they've tried to do. That's why you've seen multiple SEC teams in there over some conferences that may have one loss. So – um, I could see it, man. I just think that Tennessee just really being in the East is going to really hurt them a ton this year. And I, for us, I would love to add another signature win week 12, but that kind of that ship kind of settled a long time Stephen ago. Miller, a little salty in the Bayou Ford chat, said, Hunt, you're just like Reese Davis. You're just giving us your opinion, and you aren't in the room, so why do we care about you? You have to say about the rankings. You shouldn't. They don't, nothing matters that happened today because there's still a lot of football to play. I'm just giving you my opinion. If you get outraged about Reese Davis's opinion, I don't get it. If you get outraged about my opinion, I don't get it. None of that changes uh, at all. I think it just it is what it is. The the most important thing for me, as I said here, is that LSU's in this discussion, which is really cool. It makes things a lot more interesting for this job. It makes things more interesting in this town. It makes things more interesting when the Tigers play. Uh, and it's not something we expected to happen this year. And Brian Kelly said that on the teleconference this morning that like it, the question was basically phrased to him: Hey, if you would have gotten approached by Scott Woodward and said, hey, take this job, but we're going to need you to win the West in year one. He, he, he literally said on the teleconference this morning that would not have been an attainable goal. Like it was <laughs> I mean, it was like, wow. And so now all of a sudden you look up and here we are. It's it's really impressive that the Tigers have, have put themselves in this spot. So what do you do? You go out there and you, you play UAB on Friday, on Saturday. Yeah. That's, uh, that is goal number one to go out there and beat the Blazers. Mentioned it at the top of the hour, but all your Wednesday opening hours brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions. Save your Saturdays for watching football, not chores. At Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana has the equipment that comes in a variety of horsepower and attachment configurations to tackle any job on your property. With tractors, deals up to 20% off list price. Their deals are undefeated. For more information, visit Sunshine in stores or online at sunequip.com. 
Hunt.com. Come back with J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports as we do each and every Wednesday. It's Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. It's Hunt and Hill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reliable Roofing and Construction, ReliableRoofingBR.com. Yeah, so I have to tell you guys about Reliable Roofing, a family-run, owned, and operated residential roofing company. They've been in business since 2008 with over 30 years of roofing experience. been telling you this all week. No job is too big or too small for Reliable Roofing and Construction. There's some roofing companies in the market where if you've just got a couple of shingles missing, they're not interested in coming and, and taking care of that. Not Reliable Roofing and Construction. They're here for your inspection. They're here for just a small repair or a large repair. They're here for an entire roof replacement. And if you're someone who's having trouble with homeowner's insurance because your carrier's moving out of Louisiana and you've got to find a new carrier to come cover your home, sometimes they're going to need you to put a new roof on there because they're not comfortable insuring the roof that you currently have. If that's the case, Reliable Roofing and Construction can help you out with that. Five-year labor warranty. Five-year labor warranty with Reliable Roofing and Construction. Call Lionel Hayes and our guys over there at Reliable Roofing and Construction. Let them help you out. ReliableRoofingBR.com. Hunt and Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. We remind you to visit Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana for your equipment needs. Hope your Wednesday is getting along quite nicely. Almost halfway through the work week here. We're with you at Hunt and Hill. Head out to the Jim's Firearm Hotline now with our guy J.D. Bikel of On3 Sports. J.D., how we doing? Gentlemen, doing phenomenal. How are y'all doing? Doing very right. well. Uh, the Tigers were not very good on offense on Saturday, but their defense did enough against a second and third team quarterback, and they got a win up in Fayetteville. Uh, your thoughts? I was just impressed from the composure standpoint because year wonder Brian Kelly, like let's call a spade a spade that first year. You're really trying to figure out your culture and what you have under the hood. And so for them to get tested was probably a, a good thing. And to be able to you know, tell the tale after a win is even better, but there was never any sense of frustration that I saw set in from that sideline. There was never any finger pointing. It was like, all right, this car is not really moving how we want it to. Like, everybody get out and push. Like, that was kind of the way that it went. So, for that to be the response from that program in just year one, where, like I said, you're still trying to find your footing from a culture standpoint, like, extremely impressed. And then, I mean, Harold Perkins, <laughs> we can do a whole other separate conversation, but, I mean, he, he's the best freshman in college football. Uh, a very real conversation can be had these last couple of weeks about is he the best defensive player in college football? I mean, he is, he is unbelievable. 
Yeah, I don't think it changes the outcome, but I'd probably rather play him more than eight snaps against Tennessee uh, if we could go back and do that one over. Um, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> let's talk about the LSU offense. Just didn't get it in gear. Uh, a lot of zone coverage from Arkansas, dropping dropping eight guys, and Jaden Daniels looked a little bit indecisive. Is that cause for concern moving forward? You know, I don't think so. I think, you know, n- nobody gets through the season perfectly. I mean, unless you, you know, want to talk about Joe Burrow, maybe that's the closest thing that's come to it. But for, for a guy like Jane Daniels and a new system and an offense that's, you know, been been a little bit on and off throughout the year, I know they had a really great stretch there in the last few weeks. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not overly concerned. I think the one talking point that I would go to from that offense, if we're going to, like, have a negative connotation, um, it looks to me, at least, from the broadcast, there was a couple of plays there in the third and fourth quarter where Arkansas was more or less daring them to kind of take a shot on the outside. Like they kind of had someone out on an island, whether it was Boutte or neighbors, I don't remember exactly, but there was a couple of instances where they, they lined it up and said, all right, our guy versus your guy, you know, are you, are you going to put it up in the air and try to have him make a play? And, um, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, a win's a win. You're never going to be frustrated with that, but, would have liked to at least see them test that with kind of the maturation of Daniels the last few weeks being the, hey, I'm going to be able to pull the trigger. I'm going to be that guy that, you know, takes a shot downfield when we have it there. Um, so I'm sure there's more that goes into that, but that was the one concern. But at the end of the day, Josh Williams, the running game, carried the deal. And when they run the football, they're as dangerous as anybody in the country. So that, that would be my only takeaway. What was worse, Harold Perkins having no idea who MJ was or the Arkansas offensive line and coaching staff not putting a chip or a double team with him coming off the edge? <laughs> they're, they're both pretty bad. Uh, man, I, I have a hard time believing the legitimacy of that story with Harold Perkins not knowing who Michael Jordan is. Like, I feel like if you sat down today with Harold Perkins and said, you know who Michael Jordan is, uh, I feel like he would give you an emphatic yes. Uh, so I, I'll lean towards the, uh, the Arkansas offensive line there. I mean, going into the week, you would imagine after what he did against Alabama, there would be some sort of thought to, okay, how are we going to address number 40? And uh, clearly that was not the case. And uh, I can tell you one thing, UAB, A&M, and Georgia will all have uh, a fair amount of notes on, uh, on Harold Perkins uh, throughout the next few weeks. If he was a secret before this week, uh, he definitely isn't going forward. J.D. Piquel of On3 Sports, host of The Hard Count, joins us every Wednesday here on Hunt and Hill. Um, another deficit for Alabama and Bryce Young pulls him out of the fire. Uh, would you consider him for the Heisman Trophy vote? I think he should be. I think he definitely should be considered. Just the fact of the matter is, I mean, y'all know and I know, whether it's right or wrong, it goes to the best player on the best team. And Alabama just isn't the best team this year. So what he's done has been nothing short of overachieving and what he's done for that program. I mean, he's been, they have leaned on offensively to get something done. Um, so I mean, he would definitely get my vote to get to New York. I, I don't, I'd be very, very surprised if he ended up you know, winning the, the little bronze statue for a second time. How big a missed opportunity was that for Ole Miss as a program? Oh, man. You, Charlie, I mean, we'll, I, guess, I guess we'll see kind of as they respond to it in the coming weeks. But I think LSU just laid the blueprint perfectly with, you know, when you have that bully on the ropes, when you got Alabama, I mean, you, you know, you got to connect on those punches, and it felt like, especially towards the end of the game, Ole Miss just wasn't able to to execute, um, which is obviously paramount. So defensively, I think it's probably where you you look first. Like there were so many things they did defensively that allowed. I mean, you, you can't let one guy beat you, even if that one guy is Bryce Young. So huge missed opportunity. Um, 
I think the bigger story around Ole Miss going forward is going to be what is the future of Lane Kiffin as a lot of people are wanting to make graphics, swapping out his visor for an Auburn visor and like, you know, the, the Auburn colors around him. Like I, I just really fascinated to see um, the impact of that going forward from this program with all the talk about their head coach, but a missed opportunity without a doubt. And um, they'll play that game 10 times. You know, I would, uh, I'd be at least inclined to say Ole Miss wins five of those, given what Alabama is this year and how effective they have been running the football on, on Ole Miss side of things. If you're a Tennessee fan, obviously not much more on the resume to make it look a lot better, but uh, how confident would you be that you could possibly get a college football playoff berth uh, this season? Yeah, so I, we did a, a segment on this last night when the rankings dropped where I essentially said, okay, here's the percentage of assurance I have in terms of these teams making the college football playoff. If I'm Tennessee, I'm probably feeling like a 60% chance that we're going to get in. Um, the thing that keeps on creeping in the back of my mind if I'm a volunteer fan is, okay, what happens with that 13th data point? And what if it's a team like you know TCU? Even with one loss, they have that extra chance to, to go play another game and we're watching at home. So same thing for a program like USC. Like this game in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl against UCLA will be huge for all fans. So um, I think that probably is what makes me nervous. Now, if we're just saying who's the better team, which maybe is the conversation you would like the committee to have as opposed to who has the better resume, I think Tennessee would feel pretty good. But again, that final weekend, that 13th data point, um, would, would give me some some cause for concern because there's just so much you don't control. So should they be in the top four? I mean, I think they're one of the best four teams in college football, if not you know best two or three. But uh, the resume is just uh, a funny thing to try and get your hands around. J.D. Piquillo is our guest, as he is each and every Wednesday here on Hunting Hill. Um, J.D., I, I don't know that I've seen um, as many stories consistently coming out of one program with guys just acting out than I have with A&M over the last four months. Now we got our best receiver, Moose Muhammad, who won't play because he won't take his sleeves off, and then he tweets about it after the game. And, oh, by the way, we lose to an Auburn team that hadn't won a conference game yet. So, I mean, they only had won one conference game prior to that. Uh, what's going on in College Station? I mean, I think it's two things. One, like, has to be an enormous reset. Um, two, and this is a little bit more of like a speculation, like all that we talked about in the offseason was, wow, NIL changed the game for Texas A&M. You know, the assumption was they got all these players, and those assumptions came from people like Nick Saban through, you know, quote-unquote buying their players. Um, I think it just goes to show you NIL is a great tool, but it, it's not, you know, the end-all, be-all to having a successful program. Like, this is not the NFL where you go and buy professional players to play for your team and it all just works out. Like there's so much internally in the locker room that has to work. There's so much schematically that has to work. And evidently A&M is more or less empty handed in, in both those departments right now. So um, yeah, it's going to be a complete reset. Like I mentioned with A&M from a culture standpoint. And um, I'll tell you what Jimbo Fisher seat isn't hot, but just by those in proximity to him on his staff, I, I promise you, uh, there will be a lot of new faces in Texas and m polos this time next year. Uh, speaking of that offense for this year, really, to me, uh, really hard to see an efficient offense, especially with both quarterbacks going in there and now obviously a freshman taking over. What do you think the uh, the peak is for this offense, not this year, obviously, but going into next year and kind of what they have with recruits going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of seen what we need to see from this offense. Like, I, I don't think it's so much a personnel thing for them. Like, that they, they've had – you know, three quarterbacks, and two of which I would say are really very capable, and we'll see what Connor Wegman is going forward, but I think he's one of those more capable players that I was mentioning, Max Johnson, and then Haynes King is 
in my opinion, not not the best option. But beside that point, um, something's got to change. And I, and I think this offense, if you want to keep beating your head against a wall, like that, I think I said it on our, on our program a couple weeks ago, but if the class is continuing to fail the test, like, are you just going to blame the kids over and over and over again? Or at some point, is it on the teacher? Like, at some point, do we need to change the curriculum and change how we do things internally and schematically? And, and I think that's where you have to look because you've had now, and it's probably even more you know, damning of Jimbo Fisher, is three different quarterbacks have all come in and, and for different reasons, um, not lit up the scoreboard. And you've got some of the best talent in the country with Evan Stewart only being a freshman. Devon A. Chain even still is, is a phenomenal running back, one of the better running backs in the country, like, there isn't a ton of excuses here. This isn't a class, you know, for, to keep with that metaphor, this isn't a class that isn't, you know, extremely gifted. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of your question of have we seen um, or will we see a, a peak in this offense, I, I think we've seen what we need to see. I think there needs to be changes and, you know, in, in video game language, it's time for, uh, for Jimbo to pass the stick to somebody else. Yeah, I think that's going to have to happen over in College Station. Um, Two-part question here on TCU. How good do you think they are, and do you think they will run the table and win the Big 12 unbeaten? I think they're very, very good. The difficult thing with the Big 12 to answer the second part of that is obviously you got to be somebody twice if you want to go undefeated. And Kansas State was up on TCU at one point in that game, and TCU had to come back in you know, horn frog comeback kind of fashion. And uh to answer your question, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to beat Kansas State twice. I just, I think that's probably the last team you want to see if you're TCU in the Big 12 title game. Um, they do so many things well, but they've also won a lot of these games with that extra dose of grit and toughness and stuff that I don't know if you can continue to depend on every single week. Like at some point, you just got to out team, out talent, you know, just be dominant. I don't think we've seen TCU really be quite as dominant as a lot of us would have like from a team that we're considering having in the college football playoffs. So um, my prediction would be they get to the Big 12 title game. Obviously, they've already clinched that, play Kansas State, and uh, I think they lose uh, in Jerry World. All right, J.D., we'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks. Sounds good. Y'all have a great one. Me too. That is J.D. Piquel on 3 Sports, host of The Hard Count. You can find him on YouTube each and every day. has great content. Follow him on Twitter at J.D. Piquel, P-I-C-K-E-L-L. Your opening hour here on a Wednesday brought to you by Sunshine. Visit Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana. For your equipment needs, we'll come back with more. It's Hunting Hill. Hold down the middle of the day. This is Hunt and Hill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bayou Ford, check out that inventory at bayouford.com. Yeah. Head over to buy4.com. They got a new special tab that updates daily. It's complete with a photo of the vehicle, the saving you could score, as well as a video profiling all of its features. Don't see anything you love. That's okay. Keep coming back because those deals will update on the site as buy 4 rolls them out. It's all right there at buy4.com. Got your Mustangs. If that's your deal. Got your Broncos. Those things are awesome. They got them in stock over there. I'm an Explorer guy. I've, only, I've had three of those and love my Ford Explorers. Expeditions, F-150s, F-250s. They got you covered there at BayouFord.com. And they've got used car inventory as well. That you can check out that updates, as Jeremy said, daily. Don't settle. 
just because you find something on the lot that looks like okay. Get what you want. They can do that. They can customize a vehicle for you at Bayou Ford. Get Ben Gagne and his crew to, to customize a vehicle. They can turn it around in 60 to 90 days. Bayou Ford is the website. Bayou Ford, why they're going to do right. Bayou. Hunting Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Appreciate J.D. Pakel of on 3 Sports jumping aboard. Kendall Rogers with us at the top of hour number two, two o'clock. Our SEC Power Rankings coming up at 2.30. Hope your Wednesday is moving right along. Hunt and Hill. Well, Hilly, talking yesterday. Those of you that follow Jeremy Hill on Instagram, see that yes. your man's taking a look at the old XFL, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, just... An opportunity I know that's going to go by quick and probably not going to have that window again. And so for me, uh, just getting an opportunity to put the helmet back on and play again, I, I think would be great. Got some medical stuff to get cleared up first, but uh, definitely when uh, February rolls around, I, I intend on being on the field again. It's been uh, kind of a, a up and down thing with the XFL. Part of it they couldn't control because of COVID happened as they were trying to kind of ramp up a little bit. But um, they're doing their draft this week, um, and then it's kind of broken out into positions, and then you've got – uh, a supplementary draft that'll come up, and then once the Super Bowl ends, the season cranks up. Training camp sometime in January is what it sounds like. So um, it's a process a little bit different, I think, than the NFL, but it's it's one that certainly um, is it's going to go on here for the next two months, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think a lot of these guys are kind of like the G League. Some guys are growing up, some guys are growing down. And it's a, it's an opportunity for me. I'm looking at spring football for me where I can kind of get some new tape, kind of show where I'm at as a player, and then see kind of what the NFL thinks about it and go from there. But, uh, yeah, like I said before, um, you know, you're only young a couple times in life, <laughs> and it goes by you really quick, and uh, you don't really get that avenue anymore. So, for me, uh, I want to kind of go down this avenue, don't have any regrets looking uh, you know, to the future, and uh, just kind of have some fun out there. I've been waiting to gritty, so I'm uh, trying to break that out a little bit. <laughs> so, you've been running and, and, like, staying in shape and kind of yeah. in training and whatnot? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I've always stayed in shape. Um, since last summer, just kind of just staying to it and – when I got the call to someone not be interested in and talk to a couple other guys, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm 30 years old right now. I see Latavius out there kicking. I see Mark Ingram out there kicking. I see a bunch of guys out there. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I saw John Trey Kirkland was selected a little bit earlier, and there's there's some LSU guys certainly that are interested in this. Um, what's your understanding of kind of the format of this deal and, and what things look like as far as the calendar goes and, and then what the, the spring looks like for you? Yeah, so uh, the games are starting right after Super Bowl. I'm sure there's be a lot of fans that are super depressed that football's over, but you'll get to have a <laughs> you know another couple months of uh, digesting a little more football. Obviously, the two four seven three sixty five you know media clock we have now it's uh, never ending with football. You know, with the draft and free agency and everything rolling around OTAs, it's always you know some sort of football. So I think this will give another avenue for fans. Being that it is on national television, you'll get some ABC games, you'll get some ESPN games, and uh, you know, give them something to look into. And uh, obviously, for me, another opportunity to go out there and, and play the game I love. Can you get me the rock on this show? <laughs> that would be amazing. Look, I, <laughs> I can't wait to meet the guy. He's probably going to make me look like Josh Williams standing next to him. But uh, hey, well, he's yeah, a large love, individual. Yeah, I would love to see that. Now, the real question is, I've got Tommy Moffat's cell phone number. If you need me to get to get him in here, get you whipped into shape to play some football, like I can make that happen. <laughs> no, shout out Tommy. He actually just uh, he actually just sent me some stuff from the Moffat method. You guys go check that out. 
Um, he got me got me some stuff to get going and uh, kind of stay on track. But yeah, I'm I'm not worried about that. But definitely got to take that good knowledge from Tommy. He's one of the best in the business. Got the Houston Roughnecks, Arlington Renegades, Seattle Sea Dragons, Vegas Vipers, Orlando Guardians, San Antonio Brahmas, St. Louis Battlehawks, DC Defenders, um, XFL. As you mentioned, they've got a television contract. They kind of got that thing off the ground a little bit, and then COVID just smoked it, and, and they ran out cash. But the, the biggest thing, I mean, I, I, I rag all over the uh, the stupid uh, golf league all the time because <laughs> I just hate what they're doing. But this is the exact opposite of that. This is, in fact, trying to grow the sport, trying to come up with something new, and trying to to help guys get to the NFL, whether, like you said, they're, they were undrafted or unsigned or were cut. I mean, the, the first pick in the draft today was was Abram, the running back that the mm-hmm. Saints had taken a long, hard look at. That end of it, or on your end of it, where you've, you've played and now you're trying to make your way back towards it, that's positive for everyone. Freaking stupid live golf is, <laughs> is the opposite of that. But this, <laughs> this appears to have some significant legs in terms of a TV contract, some real influential people behind it, some cities that want to do it. You've got some some coaches that have a lot of skins on the wall, whether it's, uh, whether it's Bob Stoops, Heinz Ward's in there making draft picks earlier today. So um, this is something that's been a couple of years in the making, and, and they hope to to really push off the dock this year. Yeah, and that's what I, I think exactly what The Rock had in mind, being a guy who was a former football player and kind of not getting that nod to the NFL, um, giving these guys that opportunity. And so for me, um, looking at kind of some of the name recognition within the head coach, former Hall of Fame football players and golf guys who's really want the best for the game of football, which to me has uh, done so many wonderful things for myself and so many others out there and to kind of give them that chance again. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Obviously, it's not NFL football. You're not going to see Tom Brady dropping back or anything like that. But... Don't rule that out just yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, you never know, right? Eventually, he may show up. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look like he has anything else to do these days. I mean, <laughs> it seems like his plate's a little bit empty outside of football. Yeah, no, that dude is uh, he's a different level. And you see, you know, just when you're around that guy, just how laser sharp he is when it comes to the game of football. Uh, a lot more of his personality shown on social media these days. So I got the super, super locked in version of that. But uh, I'm sure this guy is just as competitive. He wants to go out there and play. And who knows how long that guy will keep playing. I was looking at the quarterback draft from yesterday. A.J. McCarron, probably yeah. the biggest name that shows up there. DeAndre Francois, who was with Jimbo Fisher at Florida State and was there after Jimbo left, also uh, was was taken in the draft yesterday. So some some significant name recognition there. Yeah, yeah. I actually played with AJ. I was my backup mm-hmm. quarterback yep. in Cincy, and I actually did some damage to me my two years at LSU. Still uh, yeah. doesn't let me stop hearing the end of that. Mm-hmm. So had to hear that for a long time. But yeah, there, there's some guys, and obviously you just kind of saw the former Miami quarterback get picked up by the Panthers. He was an XFL guy. We know what uh, my boy Heineke, Bushlight Heineke's yep. doing in the in the league, and obviously PJ Walker's another guy. So that avenue has been created with, with a lot of different guys. And uh, I think, you know, that's kind of what they want to build more of when giving guys kind of opportunity to really show what they can do and uh, get a chance at the next level. This is totally off topic, but have, have you heard AJ McCarron's jet ski story? No, I have not. So when I was covering LSU before the national championship game, that was down in new Orleans. Um, I was in a press conference where they started talking to him about it. He almost died in a jet ski accident. Was like going. Oh yes, I do. He has wide, a scar on his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, hit, he hit a dock. Yeah, like a going really head. fast, and like he almost they all his his uh, eye got detached at one point. Like bad, bad deal, yeah. and kind of got a second uh, second lease on life there after that. Now, I mean, when you're that young, it's not that impactful. I wouldn't yeah, imagine, yeah. but dude. That's a scary deal, and to kind of yeah. see where he is now after you know, he's been playing football for a long time. Yeah, he really has. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I thought you were talking about something more recent, but yeah, yeah. he has. He still has the scars from the surgery and everything. He'll tell you about it, but um, 
Yeah, I think for so many guys, I think he was actually with the Texans and tore his ACL, so similar situation myself and a veteran player coming off injury, kind of get yourself an opportunity to update your tape. Um, I'll go to say I think I, I like my boy McCarron over in book, but that's you know we'll see how that plays out in the big picture. But uh, yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. I, there's I cannot sit here and disagree with that. That was a, that was not great tape at this point. But like as far as you go with running, have you timed anything or done any of that kind of stuff, or just kind of staying in shape? And knowing when you get your chance, you can go out there and play. Yeah, I, I've just been staying in shape. I've actually done some work uh, with my boy Marucci up at LSU and kind of get some you know short area quickness stuff timed in. And uh, almost my boy Emery got me by a step, but uh, I'm coming <laughs> for you, John. Don't 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 get too happy about that. But yeah, I've got some stuff timed, so still got a little juice in the tank. We're fired up about it. We'll be following each and every step of the way. My boy Hilly taking a look at the XFL. We'll come back and close out our number one here on a Wednesday. We want to remind you to save your Saturdays for watching football and not chores at Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana. You've got the equipment that comes in a variety of horsepower and attachments, configurations to tackle any job on your property with tractors. Deals up to 20% off list price. Their deals are undefeated. For more information, visit Sunshine in stores or online at sunequip.com. 5 ESPN Baton Rouge with Hunt and Hill. One Bath and Closets. You can find that website, onebathandclosets.com. I invite you to go check out the website at onebathandclosets.com because sometimes it's difficult to envision your bathroom or your closet being transformed. But at onebathandclosets.com, David Duvall and his crew have a ton of testimonials as well as pictures that will show you just what they can do. As far as the closets go... For We'll give you 30% off if you tell them Hunt and Hill sent you over at One Bath and Closets. Sometimes you need to knock out a wall and create a whole new space, and they can do that at One Bath and Closets. They are licensed contractors well within their wheelhouse. Sometimes you've got the space, you just don't know how to use it. I certainly would fall into that category myself. They help you with the customized process. It comes with a questionnaire. They understand what it is that you have, what they need to store, how much room you've got, and, and what you're looking for. And then they'll customize a solution for you. Again, at onebathandclosets.com, for your closet renovation, 30% off. They tell you that if you tell them that Hunt and Hill sent you, go to onebathandclosets.com. They can promise you they're not going to be coming back three weeks later, a month later, six weeks later, because something's gone wrong because they took a shortcut. Some contractors are always trying to get to the next job, not One Bath and Closets. They do it right the first time and leave the competition behind. One Bath and Closets. Check out the website, onebathandclosets.com. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Closing up hour number one, the opening hour on a Wednesday, brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions. Um, <laughs> this is not the most uh, pressing topic of the week we'll cover, but I'm getting it all over the place. I'm getting it in my text messages. I've gotten some stuff on Twitter, by you for chat at times, seen message boards. Everyone is like obsessed with the fact that Harold Perkins needs a nickname. <laughs> and you just got. You got Percules, you got, I mean, there's just, there's some Honey Badger references that people were tossing in and out. Tasmanian Devil. The Tasmanian Devil's <laughs> been on there. I feel like it needs to be a little more organic than what we're doing here. Like the Honey Badger thing was incredible. That YouTube video like popped out and it just, it could not have worked more perfectly. It was just this ridiculous animal that like ta ate beehives and stuff. And like, it was just, it 
it was perfectly personified in Tyron. Then plus she had the hair with the stripe and whatnot, and that just kind of worked. I feel like we're forcing the Perkins thing here. I, I, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every great player has to have some sort of nickname. The best ones are organically the ones they don't name themselves. I know my boy Shaq's infamous for giving himself a million nicknames. Shaq the Shaq <laughs> the big the big Ar- Aristotle, the big Cactus, Cactus. <laughs> when he went to Phoenix, like no, let's not go there for Perk. Like we relax. I like Hercules. I think it's smooth. It's easy. Yeah. It's a really great name. But uh, we'll we'll see how which one actually sticks. And once it becomes the Instagram handle, that's when you know like it's the real deal. I mean, I. Let Perk work. You've done a bunch of times, which I kind of like. It's not a nickname, but that's a good, good, good saying. Twenty twenty four rolling around, like and, yeah. But now you say like, there's a part that's like, okay, it doesn't really matter. But now in the NIL world, like you can make money off stuff that you do, and like you can you can trademark stuff and whatnot. So in essence, I think not necessarily for me or for the fan base, or whatever, but for Harold Perkins himself, if you want to capitalize on this thing to the, I mean, it, how much. B U R R E A U X stuff could Joe Burrow have sold? How much Honey Badger stuff could Tyron have sold back in eleven? Like crazy. you can get it moving in the right direction if you get it done. So you know, I guess I guess it all got to come down to to what Harold Perkins thinks. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I, if I'm him, I'm focused on to just continue to do what I'm doing. The names will come. You got a whole off season. You got bowl season. You got a plenty of time to get the, the kind of nickname that sticks. But uh, I think. With him, what he's doing on the field, it's, something's got to stick, and you're going to make a well of a lot of money in NIL coming forward here. And the crazy thing is now they're attaching that to the recruiting profile. It's, just, it's a real big deal. And uh, I think for guys, they understand that window. Um, you got to kind of capitalize on as big as uh, you, you can. And so maybe we get Gordon to get it done. We'll figure it out on how this thing plays out. <laughs> they will, they will, they will, they've already gotten that done, so that's not going to be a bit of an issue. So I'm about to set a Hunt Palmer record here. Uh, under no circumstances have I given four movie references in a single hour, much less a single week or a single month, maybe even a single year. But in this case, I'm going to. I want to be very clear. I'm not suggesting this as some sort of nickname or something that can be trademarked or whatnot. It's just what I think of in my stupid brain when Harold Perkins does something awesome. Do you ever see the movie Heavyweights? It's a stupid kids' money movie no, where a bunch of these kids go to fat camp. It's no, really it, it's one of my favorite movies of all time because I loved it so much when I was a kid and watched it so many times. Well, Tony Perkis, Ben Stiller's name is Tony Perkis in the movie, and he runs he takes over this fat camp where the kids used to love it and turns it into an exercise infomercial and they all hate him. Um, but when they exercise, he calls it Perkisizing. And every time <laughs> I see Harold Perkins do something, I think of the kid in the movie looking and goes. We're percussizing. It's stupid, and it should not be what Harold Perkins does. It's just what my stupid brain defaults to when Harold Perkins is flying around like a crazy person, destroying worlds on the offensive side of the football. No, it's absolutely, yeah, I definitely think it is percussizing what he's doing. It's definitely not a word in the English language because he, I've just never seen that type of closing speed. And he seems like the guys were to turn the corner, and then three steps later, he's tripped and sacking. He's putting them on the ground. He's standing over them. And, uh, I don't think, you know, I saw him to be a talent, but I, I didn't predict this level. He's absolutely disrupting games and winning games by himself. Like, I heard uh, Hester calling Von Miller. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't think Von is as fast as Perk. I, I know Von can bend the edge and get after the quarterback, but speed, step for step, uh, I don't think anyone's on Perk's level. He's just a different animal. So I don't I don't want to compare him to anybody. It's as meteoric a freshman rise as I can remember um, in Baton Rouge. You know, certainly Leonard came in with all the fanfare and then scored his first touchdown. And hit the Heisman against Sam Houston, and um, you know he certainly became a really good player as a freshman. He 
truck the guy at Florida and then put him on a hood ornament, Reese Davis said, at, uh, against A&M <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Um, and so that was big. Tyron wearing 14 as a freshman did make some big plays. It was really not until his sophomore year that he became like a the face of the LSU football program to an extent. Um, and for and what I didn't realize at the time, which is part of this whole thing, is that LSU Arkansas drew the biggest number on Saturday of any game on TV. Uh, you were in the early morning slot. You were probably the you were the most competitive game for sure because it was such a, a great you know, game there that went down to the end, even though we hoped it wouldn't have. But a lot of people were watching that game, and you couldn't tune him out. He was he he was so impactful, so obviously, so many times with the the whole nation basically watching. Not to the extent that they were LSU Bama or you know Tennessee Bama, but there was just a, there were a lot of eyeballs, and he just went nuts. Yeah, it is, and and that's why you come to a program like LSU. You know, you're going to be on those national televised games. You know, if you are one of those players, you make big time plays. You do things to shift the game around, like he did. You're going to be on the national stage, and you've seen so many defensive players over the years uh, do that throughout their time. I can't remember a freshman. I know Pat P had an incredible freshman yeah. year, but you know Tyron had a good freshman year. But it's just doing this. I, I don't think I've ever seen that from my LSU defensive player. And so at any time you're doing that in a game where your offense just absolutely didn't show up and execute, you needed every last one of those hurries, every last one of those sacks, every bitty last one of those forced fumbles. And, and to do that on national stage, you've got to get the, you know, the pub, even from the Bama QBs, I'll even give you some love. Which is why, you know, when guys who are five-star players commit to Jackson State, <laughs> I think maybe you might be making a little bit of a mistake. But look, I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their lives you want to go play at Jackson State, you fire away and go play at, uh, at Jackson State. There's just a little bit bigger lens on you uh, when you put on the SEC uh, logos and, and you're on, on big-time television week in and week out. It's going to just about do us here for us on an opening hour of the Wednesday show. Uh, opening hour on Wednesdays always brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions. At Sunshine, we know the ease of use is important when it comes to buying equipment. Our John Deere compact tractors offer the versatility to go from the yard to the camp or to the field. With compact tractors up to 20% off list price with 0% financing, now is a great time to get powered by Sunshine. Visit us online at sunequip.com to apply for financing. Get a quote and learn more about our special. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st, 2022. If you missed any of the first hour, catch it on demand at 1045ESPN.com. You can go to the On Demand tab, hit Hunt and Hill. All of our stuff comes up right there. YouTube, appreciate you all hanging out in the Bayou 4 chat. Throw us a like if you would. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, like, subscribe, rate, review. Y'all know the drill by now. You can find our stuff wherever you do find your audio. We open things up today talking about the college football playoff. J.D. Bikel of On3 Sports, always really, really good with us. Certainly was today talking all things SEC, a little bit of national college football stuff on the night on TCU as well. J.D.'s always great. And then dipped our toe into the XFL with Jeremy at 1.30. Loaded second hour coming at you. The SEC power rankings are going to be a little bit spicy today. I can already tell, and I can already understand what's going to happen towards the end of it. Jeremy is literally giddy with excitement to get to that, so we'll get to that at 2.30. I am very excited, as I think Jeremy is as well, to chat with Kendall Rogers coming up at the top of hour number two in about five minutes from right now. Kendall covers college baseball as well as anybody for D1 Baseball. He was in Lafayette on Sunday when LSU whitewashed UL Lafayette. Uh, some really impressive stuff offensively. We want to get Kendall's thoughts on that. We'll also talk some more LSU UAB as well. So don't go anywhere here on this Wednesday. We're going to have a little bit of sports center here. We'll come back on the other side with Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. You're listening to Hunting Hill. 
This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. 